Money isn't everything, but don't underestimate the power of money. Now, we, why am I saying that? Because so many times we hear, well, money's not everything. Money won't buy you happiness. Look at me. Money won't buy you happiness, but neither will poverty. Amen? I like what Tevye said in Fiddler on the Roof. He said, Lord, I know there's no shame in being poor, but there's no great honor either. What I want to talk to you today is about, and and the reason I say this is to grab your attention. I want to talk to you about the biblical concept, the Jewish concept, the Hebrew concept of gaining wealth. The Bible says that in the very last days, there is going to be a transfer of wealth. Now, the devil has tremendous strategies. One of the strategies is, is to tell us that if you're spiritual, you're supposed to be poor. Well, we killed that last week. Can I have an amen? We killed it. We cut its head off. We buried it. We covered it in lime, and it's never to be dug up again. Jesus wasn't poor. The church wasn't poor. The disciples weren't poor. And therefore, you and I are not to be poor. So one of the strategies of the devil is, is tell the church they need to be like Jesus. They need to be poor. Jesus was not poor. But here's the second strategy, which is even greater. And that's the strategy of containment. Now, without getting into this too much, I want you to think about Israel leaving Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of you and I before we knew the Lord. In Egypt, they ate onions and garlic. In Egypt, they were in slavery. In Egypt, they had not enough. When they left Egypt and they were in the wilderness, God brought them manna from heaven and they'd had just enough. But God does not want you and I in the desert. He doesn't want us to have not enough, but he also doesn't want us to have just enough. He wants us to go into his promised land where it flows, flows, flows with milk and honey. Can I have an amen? Amen. The greatest strategy the devil can bring in the area of finances is to tell you you're doing okay. To tell you you're, you're, you, you, you know, you got your rent paid, you got some gas for the car. It's called the spirit of containment. Let me encourage you. And I'm going to show you something about wealth here in a minute. But let me encourage you. 88% of new millionaires in America, excuse me, 88% of all millionaires in America are new millionaires. No, y'all didn't get that. Of all the people in America, white, black, brown, everything in between, of all millionaires in America, they did not inherit their money. They're new millionaires. And my God is no respecter of persons. And so that means no matter who you are, male or female, black or brown or white, no matter who you are, you have the equal opportunity to become a millionaire if we understand that that is God's will for our lives. Are you ready? I got a lot of stuff to give you. Are you ready? 
I'm going to go through this fast because I want it to all lead up to next week, which we're going to talk about the hundredfold, hundredfold. And then we're going to talk about, every, then the last week, I want you to, next, the final week, I want you to bring in your bills, your business plan, your credit cards, your bank, something to represent. Because in this, in this year, in this year, and you're going to understand this today, this year is the year of 11. It means you're either going to be cursed or you're going to move into abundance. How many choose abundance? Let's read from the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not hoping this happens. For me and my family, I'm claiming it. Do you claim it? If you claim it, give me the sign. Now, look what it says. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. You know, I've taught this before, but just to tell you, it sounds real nice, a land of springs. But where, where, they're, where are they coming out from? Where are they leaving? The desert. This is where they had to depend on water coming out of one spot of a rock. So we're talking about not just getting by. We're talking about now abundance. And listen to me, guys. I know we've heard abundance in the prosperity message, but you never heard it the way you're going to hear it the next three weeks. Because I'm going to show it to you the way the Jews see it and the way the, 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 the Hebrews see it and the way the Bible says it. A land of brooks of water, fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees. And by the way, there's so much to teach in this. A land of wheat and barley. Wheat represents money for people. Wheat represents finances for you. Barley represents finances for your business. If you're making 20 bucks an hour, you can make 50 bucks an hour. If you've got four people working for you, you can have 100 people working for you. 88% of the new of millionaires in America are new millionaires. This is a, a, a very powerful Hebrew understanding that God doesn't just want to bless your family. God wants you to be the lender and not the borrower so that people work for you instead of you working for people. Your money works for you instead of you working for your money. Oh, I need a better amen than that. I rebuke right now the spirit of small thinking. I rebuke. I, I rebuke. God, listen to me. God, I'm speaking to you prophetically. God does not want to pay your rent. He wants you to own your own home. Say out loud, I'm thinking bigger. Now you're going you're gonna to understand this in a minute. Verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. Now, I, I know I say this all the time, but I gotta, I've got to brainwash you. I've got to brainwash you. When the Messiah comes, he's not 
coming. The church is in such persecution. The church is locked up in prison. The church is in dire straits. That's not how the Messiah is coming. What kind of bride is he coming for? He's not coming for a bride. You know, Katie's my, my last daughter. When she gets married and I walk her down the aisle, she's going to have the best dress on. She's going to have the best flowers. She's going to have the best of, of everything. She's not, we're not going to Kmart to get her wedding dress. We're not going to get some rich crackers and some cheese for the wedding supper. Do you understand? This is it. Okay? When, when, when Jesus comes for his bride, we are not, we're not going out, oh, under persecute. We're going out the, we're going out the leaders of the school systems, the leaders of the government. And, and let me give you this prophetically. Let me give you this prophetically. Let me give you this prophetically. Listen to what God just spoke to me. When I say we're going out the leaders of the government and the leaders of the industries and the leaders of the finances and the leaders of the schools, immediately you think, well, that's going to take 50 years. Look how fast, 18 days in Egypt things were turned over. Are you, get, are you having ears to hear? This is prophetic. 18 days went from a dictator to gone in 18 days. Do you realize what God is saying? Those who have eyes to see, you need to see. Now look at what it says here. And when you have eaten and you are full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten you are full and have built beautiful houses, and I say this all the time, but look, it says plural. More than one house. I'm going to tell you, I, you, know what I, I, you know what my dream is? I've got, a, I've got a beautiful house. Many of you have been there. But my dream is to have a ranch somewhere that I can, that me and the guys can go out and hunt. And Tiz's dream is to have a place in Maui. You know, we used to have a place in Maui. And we sold it to build a church up in, uh, up in Portland. God's going to multiply that this year. Is, is this what it says? See, this isn't Larry Huck saying this or Kenneth Copeland saying this or Creflo Dollar saying this. This is God saying this. And if God says this about your houses, you need to say it about your houses. And you need to expect something to happen quick and dwell in them. And when you're hurt, you know, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to teach a thing on not not next Sunday, but the Sunday following when I anoint your stuff. You know what? If you're a woman and they've held back because you're a woman, you need to get ready. If you're, if you're African American and they've held back because you're African American or you're Hispanic or you're Asian or you're whatever, if anything, I'm going to show you in scriptures how it ends. You need everything that's been stolen from you. And you know, so, 
So, you know, I'm looking at this, when you uh, build beautiful houses and dwell in them. How many people do we have here that's Hispanic? How many people have, or have Hispanic blood? You know, in my neighborhood, they're building houses all the time. And I'd say 99.999% of those people that are building houses are Hispanic. Everybody talks about close the border, close the border. Man, I'll tell you what, the, the Hispanic people I see are the best workers around. They are, they are, they are, I mean, these guys are out there. I mean, it can be 120 degrees and they're out there from can see to can't see. They got the, the ghetto blaster going. I mean, they're out there and I mean to tell you, they're putting brick up. What does it say here? What does it say here, my Hispanic brother and sister? When you build beautiful houses and you live in them. Oh, somebody ought to get excited. When your herds and your flocks multiply, that's your business. That's your business. When your silver and gold are multiplied. Everybody say multiplied. And, and I got to get through this. We're not talking about addition. That's right. Amen. We're, not, we're not talking about jumping from $10 an hour to $20 an hour or $50 to $100 an hour or, or, or five customers to 10 customers. We're talking about multiply. Say multiply. multiply. Say, how can this happen? I'm going to show you. But you need to get it in your head. You need to prepare. You need to start talking about it. You need to start, when you lift up your hand, say, I'm not just forgiven, but every curse is broken. And one of those that curses are broken contains the blood from the crown of thorns. Look what it says. Jump down to verse 17. Then you say in your heart, my uh, hand has gained. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might. Uh, my hand have gained me this wealth. Now let me stop right there. This is a warning. This is not a scripture about having too much money. I've heard this preach, you know, you know, the, uh, over and over again. This is not a warning about having too much, mo- the, about wanting money. This is a warning to be careful that when your houses are full, and your fountains are full, and your gold is full. Don't you forget, it's God who gave that to you. It's a warning to the businessman and the businesswoman. Now that you do have a home in Maui, now that you do have all these businesses going, don't get so busy you stop serving God, for the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. It's not a teaching that God doesn't want you to have these things. It is a teaching that says when you, you know, when, when you're in trouble, you're praying. But when you don't have any trouble, we end up getting lackadaisical. This is not a, this is not a teaching that God wants you in poverty. This is a teaching that God will give you so much you don't need to pray for a house anymore. You don't need to pray for a job anymore. You don't need, but don't you think you did it? You didn't do it. Look what it says here. Verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, it is God who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. 
It is God who puts in your hands the power to gain wealth. Now, everybody say wealth. Now listen to me. Flipping burgers at McDonald's is great. It's great, but that's not wealth. Making $20 an hour, that's great, but that's not wealth. We need to get you into hearing what God says. He does not say, I've given you power to work a job. He does not say, I've given you power to get minimum wage. He does not say, I give you power to just get by. But he said, I have given you power to gain wealth. Now, I went to look at where wealth came from, and I went back to some old notes, and it's amazing. These notes were that I preached the message were from 1990, and it's the wealth that is released in the world up till the year 2010. Listen to what wealth is in the last 20 years. $5.4 trillion a day in transactions in the New York Stock Exchange. $5.4 trillion per day of transactions in the New York Stock Exchange. $484 billion per day in foreign currency. This is just in America. $220 billion a day in copper. $50 trillion a day in gold. And it's higher now because gold skyrocketed. Three, this, this, these are stats 20 years old. $300 billion in new silver, $360 billion in aluminum, $600 billion new dollars in iron, tin, zinc, and lead, which comes out in the last 20 years in new money, $51,480,000,000,000. That's not all. New wealth, $16 trillion in oil, $1.5 trillion in barley, four. Four trillion in corn, nineteen trillion in meat, four trillion in rice, four trillion in pork, three point six trillion in wheat, which comes out to just in those products, fifty-two trillion one hundred million new dollars in wealth. Three hundred and eighty-three trillion dollars of coal lies beneath the surface. Four hundred and eighty-six trillion dollars will be generated income in just electricity. So in twenty years. Over 600 trillion new dollars in wealth just in these things. Not talking about any other business, just in these things, 600 trillion new dollars. Now, if you've got even one trillion, you haven't been tithing. The reason I read those is I want you to look at that scripture. God said, I have made a covenant with you and I have put in your hands. Lift up your hands. I have put in your hands the covenant power to gain wealth just in these 10 things or 14 things. That's $600 trillion of new wealth. Psalms 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalms 50.10 says, for every beast of forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills, and the world is mine and everything that's in it.
Haggai 2.8 says, I own all the silver and I own all the gold. So this $600 trillion, our father owns it. And it is our father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We've got to start thinking not on getting by the spirit of containment. But we've got to start claiming and praying and speaking. God has put in my hands the power to gain wealth. If you believe it, clap those hands together and give him praise. Now listen to this. Here's the key. In studying this, I went, there are great books out there that you can read. Business books called The Millionaire Next Door or The, or the Jewish Phenomena or some of these books. And, and what it comes out to is, why is it that the Jewish people, our Jewish brothers and sisters, make so much money? Listen to what it says. Somehow, we have been trained to think that it's evil to want more. Somehow we've been trained to think it's not spiritual to want more. And as someone who loves God, we become embarrassed to admit we want more. Let me show you something. Rabbi Lappin wrote this in his book about wealth. If you take the old you plus more money, it equals the new you. The old you... Where you are right now, add to it wealth. What's the new you? If the new you is stingy, stop serving God, don't go to church, doesn't pay your tithes, doesn't care about anybody, just heaps and heaps and heaps, then God will not give you the new money. But if the new you is that you can do more, you can share more, you can give more, you can uh, uh, help more. Then the old you plus new money equals a new you, and this new you is who God has always intended you to be. Somebody shout amen. How many love the Lord? How many want to win the world? How many want to build more orphanages? How many want to win more people to Jesus? How many want to change more lives? The old you plus new money or more money equals a better you. Money is a multiplier. Now watch this. Listen to what I'm saying. This is so important to lead up to the next couple weeks. We've been brainwashed in thinking that money is bad. Money is a multiplier. If you're a bad person, money will multiply you being bad. But if you're a godly person, money will multiply what you are. How did this brainwashing take place? Michael Medved, who you know here on radio all the time, wrote in his book, Hollywood versus America. Listen to this. Prior to 1965, TV shows portrayed businessmen as the good guys before 1965. Since big, since then, big business has become the media's favorite villain. Daniel Sigmund, who writes for Forbes magazine, wrote Tom, an article called Tom Cruise versus the Corporate Evil. In the movie Mission Impossible, he uses somebody 
who wants to get rich off of stocks or investment or stocks options as someone who is, quote unquote, the ultimate evil. We've been brainwashed. Before 1965, it was wrong to have sex out of marriage. It was wrong to have a baby before you were married. It was wrong to sleep with someone that you you weren't married to. It was wrong to be a homosexual or a lesbian. But now all of that has changed. Now it's wrong to be a banker. It's wrong to be a businessman. It's wrong to be a businesswoman. To want to make money is evil and all these other things are okay. We need to re-brainwash you. We need to reverse the curse. It is wrong to have sex with someone you're not married to. It is wrong to have a baby out of wedlock. It is wrong to have sex with someone. It's called fornication or adultery unless that person is your husband or is your wife. I don't care what Hollywood says, but it is right to want to be a banker. It is right to want to be a business owner. It is right to want to be rich because your old you with new money equals a more powerful you. We need to change the way we think. Somebody shout amen. Now why is that important? Because the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In talking with Rabbi Lapid and talking with other people who are Jews, they said one thing you'll never find in a Jew is that it's ungodly to want to do business. We think absolutely the opposite. We are obligated by God to want to do business. Listen to what Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens said, and I quote this from Rabbi Lapin's book. Mark Twain says, the Jews constitute but 1% of the human race. Properly, the Jew ought hardly ever to be heard of. But he is heard of. He's always been heard of. He's always been a successful businessman. The immense wholesale of business of Broadway is in his hands. 85% of the lucrative business of Germany and other places are in his hands. The Jew is a race and the Jew is a money maker. Now I write that because Rabbi Lappin put it in his book and he's making a statement that even though people who are anti-Semitic, they understand it wrong, but they do understand that Jewish people make money. Okay, now let me say this. Whether you're white or black or brown, if you've received Christ as your Savior, you are a Jew. You've been grafted in. Okay? Listen to what Rabbi said. In reality, Mark Twain was wrong. The Jews do not make up 1% of the human race, but they actually make up one-tenth of 1% of the human race. And there's no way I can give you all these stats, but from the book, The Jewish Phenomena, listen to this. The Jews are one-tenth of one percent of the human race. Yet 45% of the 40 top Forbes 400 richest Americans are Jews. One-third of America's multimillionaires are Jews. 30% of American Nobel Prize winners in science are Jews. And 25% of American Nobel Prize winners in all are Jews. 
Here is a race. The reason why the Jewish phenomena has been written. The reason why Rabbi Lappin wrote this. The reason why the millionaire story has been written. Is to use the Jewish people to give all the world an example. The Jewish people are one-tenth of one percent. And yet the, the percentage of millionaires and multimillionaires and Nobel Prize winners is off the chart. What's their secret? Their number one secret is this. We are anointed by God that he has put in our hands, all people's hands, all people's hands, the power to gain wealth. Somebody give me an amen. Now look at this. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, I give you the power to gain wealth. Look at me. Money is power. Don't let anybody tell you. If, if, if I had, if we had, when we get, right now, right now, what I, I believe this in all my heart. What I'm teaching you and what I'm teaching my stream family, what I'm teaching on television, what we're teaching is the most important message in the world today. Without a shadow of a doubt. This is what has to be taught for the Messiah to return. The, the father will send his son when the bride becomes what the son got engaged to. He didn't get engaged to a church that worships idols. He didn't get engaged to a church that prays to more than one God. He didn't get engaged to a church that has all this stuff going on. When we come back to being the bride that Jesus got engaged to, the Father will then send the Son back for us. What we're teaching here in Dallas, on our our television program right now is one of the top two fastest growing Christian televisions in the world. We are on every day, every day around the world. Every day we're on around the world. Europe, Africa, Mideast, America, South America. But if when we double our money, we're going on twice as much, which will speed back the coming of the Lord twice as fast. Absolutely. Money is power. I give in your hands the power to gain wealth. If you were to read in Ecclesiastes, I believe it's Ecclesiastes 9. Listen to this. It says a rich man and a poor man came to town. And even though the poor man had all the wisdom, his wisdom was despised. In other words, a rich man and a poor man comes to town. They don't want to hear what a poor man says. You have the wisdom of God. You have the greatest wisdom of anyone. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. But when you become a multimillionaire, it's like Tevye said in Fiddler on the Roof. If I was a rich man, they would come to me and ask me questions. They don't come to ask a poor person, how do I change my life? Money, when God gives you money, when God gives you finances, when God gives you wealth, he gives you power to speak into the lives of people around the world. God wants you wealthy because wealth 
is power and he's given you the power in your hands to gain wealth. Somebody ought to shout amen. Even Jesus says it in Matthew 25. Listen to this. He's talking about the talents. Go go with me. I'm running out of time. Can I have 10 more minutes? Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. This is too important for you to, for you to miss. Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is talking about doing business. Jesus is talking about you being an entrepreneur. Look at chapter uh, um, 25 verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, according to their own ability, and immediately went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Look at me. Doesn't matter where you are right now. Doesn't matter where you are financially right now. God has put something in your hands. And he wants you to take whatever he's put in your hands and not stay there. He wants to give you the wisdom to gain more wealth. Look at me. You know what the worst teaching that's come out of the prosperity message is? You just sow a seed and you'll get a harvest. You got to sow a seed. But once you sow a seed, you got to water that seed, you got to farm that seed, you got to fertilize it. You cannot be lazy and get rich. John Maxwell asked me something one time. He said, Larry, can I ask you something? And I said, yeah. And he said, why do you, we see so many poor people in the prosperity message? And I said, because prosperity has unfortunately just said, sow to me and you'll get rich. No, no, no. You got to sow. You can't get a harvest if you don't sow. If you're not tithing, if you're not giving, I'm sorry, but nothing's going to change. But once you tithe and once you sow that seed and your harvest comes in, God will show you how to reap that harvest, how to market that harvest, how to sell that harvest, how to multiply that harvest. God wants you to learn by his spirit how to do business. You cannot be lazy and be rich. That's why when lazy people win the lottery, in in the first year they got 10 million, and two years later they're 10 million in the hole. You got to sow, right? You have to. If you give a little, you get a little. But... When that harvest starts coming in, God will show you got to, yeah, and I, you know, I know this isn't very religious, but the Lord said, I'll bless everything you put your hands to. He didn't say anything about your backside. You got to quit sitting on the couch, eating potato chips, claiming the window will fall on your couch. Come on. Look what he says here. Look what he says here. He says, And I, guys, he had received two, verse 17, gained two more. But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five more. 
Look at, he was making a profit. Say profit. Say abundance. Say wealth. Here God is using as a good example someone who has doubled his income. It's not, it's not non-spiritual to double your income. It's non-spiritual to stay where you are. Remember what Tevye said? There's no shame in being poor. There's no great honor either. I started off in inner city South St. Louis ghetto. I started off in the hood. When I first got married, Tiz and I lived in a mobile home that was 8 feet wide by 32 feet long. There's nothing wrong with starting there. But 34 years later, I wonder how happy mama would be if we were now in a 10-foot mobile home by 38 feet. Mama wanted something bigger. That's not the Adamic nature in you. That's the God nature in you. Look what it says. Verse 20, he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you know what? Let me just say this. Let me just, I just, just popped into my spirit. And I know I'm over time. This just popped in my spirit. You know what, what's happened? You know, and I don't care how you come to church. I don't, I don't care how you come to church, how you come dress. It doesn't matter. But we've kind of got on a backward slide that we're getting sloppier and sloppier. Our, 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 our worship's getting shorter. Our teachings are getting shorter. Our people are getting sloppier. And I'm not putting that down, but I'm saying, you know what? I think we're on a slippery slide. You know what? When we, when, when we go start walking on the streets of gold, and I'm not saying you can't do this, but I don't think you're going to be wearing flip-flops. You know, I kind of went that way, and I'm not saying, you know, I wear jeans once in a while, so, but you know, it's the house of God, man. We ought to dress like we're... Just a thought, just a thought. And the Lord, not you young people, you young people. And the Lord said, well, good thou, look at, he said, you gave me five, I gave you five more. Look at verse 21. And the Lord said to him, all you care about is money. You're driving that nice car and you could have done something. Can I help you with Jewish thinking here? Biblical thinking here? When businessmen get up, they want to get get up and talk about how they, uh, you know, um, uh, like 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 uh, guy who made Walmart, Sam Sam Walton, and they get up and say Walmart has given so much to charity and so much to orphanages and so much to this. That's great, but they're not really bragging on what Sam Walton really did. He's given tens of thousands of people's jobs. And he's given tens of thousands of people ability to send their kids to school and put clothes on there. By being successful, he's given people jobs where they can buy homes and they can buy clothes and they can buy cars. But we're ashamed to talk about how much money we make. Jesus is talking about somebody who doubled his income. And Jesus says, well done. Good job. That's what you're anointed to do. Amen. And then he goes to the next one. But then he goes to the one 
who think in poverty. And he said, look what he says to him. Uh, verse 24, then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed, and I was afraid. So I went and hid the talent in the ground, and look, there you have what's yours. Lord, I knew you wouldn't bless, so I wouldn't go start my own business. I wasn't going to get out and walk on water. I wasn't going to leave Portland and come try to start all over again. I wasn't going to leave my family and come down and partner in a new church. We've been up there for 30 years. Why should we leave? I'm not going to go and leave my job where I'm flipping burgers. God does not want you flipping burgers. God wants you to own the burger shop. Look what it says. Lord, and the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I've not sown and, and, and gathered where I've not scattered seed. Look what he says. Therefore you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers And at my coming, I would have at least received back my own with interest. you got to start somewhere in saying, i got to quit just spending money. i got to start making money. Come on. I'll have to finish this. Let me leave leave you with this. And you you got to come next week because I'm going to... You know what I found in the scripture? And I'm not going to give it up because I'm going to get you out in time. You know what I found in Scripture? The secret to Solomon's wealth. Seriously. I found in Hebrew the secret to Solomon's wealth. And it says when you find these five things, God will release on you an energy of abundance. No, you need to hear what I'm saying. Get ready for next week. Get ready for next week. When you understand these things, there is an energy in the world of abundance. And when you understand these things, it funnels that energy of abundance into you. And in Hebrew, it's the secret to Solomon's wealth. But it's for every child of God. Lift up your hands. Say this out loud. I have in my hands the power to gain wealth. Say it again. I have in my hands the power to gain wealth. Now put your hands down. Let me close with this. God said, I've given you power in your hands. Male or female, young or old, white or black or brown, Hispanic, uh, Asian. I'm your ch- are you a child of God? That I have a covenant with you. To put in your hands the power to gain wealth. Now, let me give you an illustration. If I were to stand here and jump, just stand right here, and I jumped and I went all the way over that clock and landed in the balcony. If I were to stand here and jump and land up in the sound of the balcony, you'd know two things. 
Number one, white men can jump. Right? That myth would be gone forever. This white boy, he can jump. But you know something else. If I could stand here and jump up in that balcony, then if I told you I could jump over that box, that car box, you know I could do it, wouldn't you? Why? Why? Because the greater and the lesser. If you can do the greater, you can do the lesser. How many of you ever prayed for somebody and seen them healed? Lift up your hands. You've laid hands on someone, you've claimed the word of God, and God's done a miracle. Anybody in the world, child of God, non-child of God, anybody in the world can make money. Anybody can. But only the children of God can lay hands on the sick. So if you've prayed for people and seen a miracle, you've already done the greater. If you've laid hands on the sick and seen God heal them, you've already done the greater. You know you can do the lesser. If God's given you power in your hands to lay hands on the sick, only the children of God can do that. So if you can do that, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not you that healed the sick. It's God that healed the sick. Now you know it's God who gives you power in your hands to gain wealth so that when you build beautiful houses and you live in them and you drive cars and you build businesses and you go on vacations and you're debt free and ladies you're wearing fine clothes and you're wearing diamonds and jewels and gold and silver and emeralds you know that it is God who has given you the power to gain wealth somebody shout amen Stand with your feet and give the Lord a great big clap offering of praise. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering of praise.